Oh, man. What a callback. What a callback. All right. That was from Ted Lasso, Ethan. Sorry. You're like, what are they talking about? You should watch Ted Lasso, by the way. You should. Apple Premium, Apple Plus. I actually don't even know what the service is called. I think it's Apple Plus. Apple Plus. I think it's called a bushel of apples. Ooh. That'd be a great bushel. That'd be a great streaming. Bushel would be a better name. Yeah. That's what they should call it. We should should, uh, scribe a letter and send it by horse. (laughs) That way, when when it doesn't happen, we can be like, it's probably just not there yet. What's poppin', everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin, and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother, Jay, who will be in every episode. That's me, the other host. You're getting just... We need to rein it in. The other... Reel it in. Don't try and distract me with horse terms, Ben. (laughs) You do... Love horses. Dude, I, it's one of these things. I, yeah, we, like the last time I went to Kentucky to visit uh, my brother-in-law, uh, we were just in horse country and it just like, it really, it really dawned on me. Cause I'm just, the thing is, I'm never around horses. Like when are you around horses? Just never. And well, you don't really think about it. Almost never. This, yeah. This past weekend, yeah. I was, I was down mm. in the outer banks because my sister-in-law and best friend are getting married next year in the outer banks. And we were checking out the the um the the venue like we needed to go so that we could like put eyes on the ground to like figure out like where everything's gonna be which eyes on the ground I'm sure you were on all fours carpet level dude I didn't bring my magnifying glass for nothing <laughs> it's like, is this like this seems this seems like a good wedding venue but I need to know if anyone was murdered here <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly I was looking for clues <laughs> unfortunately I found none. Well, Although I did find no, a single mushroom. It sounds like, I think I think you mean, fortunately you found none, right? Well, depends well, on how interesting you, know. <laughs> you want the story to be. <laughs> Unfortunately for how interesting the story is, fortunate for a wedding venue. Yes, well is. phrased, okay. very well phrased. Mm. Yeah, but so I was I was down there and uh, found a mushroom, like I said. They told me, they assured me it'd be cleared up by next August. Yeah. Which... <laughs> Let's just say it better be. It, but yeah, like I'm gonna go check. I'm gonna bring the magnifying glass, and if there is one piece of fun guy on this property, <laughs> we will have words. There will be a review. There, there will be a review. Uh, actually, I might come back to that here in a minute because reviews are something I've totally started doing more lately. Oh, and really? I, I think they're I think they're kind of great. Um, but while I was down in the Outer Banks, and I did not know this about the Outer Banks, but there are wild horses. Oh, is this where like uh, like Assateague Island is? Possibly. I don't know. So, okay. Answer me this. When I was yeah. in third grade, mm. we read a, a, a novel called Misty of Chincoteague. Yeah. Are you familiar with that story? Uh, maybe that's what I was trying to think of. There, there's like a, a very famous like annual like wild horse. I think it's like a migration of sorts where they like actually the horses like swim across like a yeah. channel. And it's like a it's like a big thing. They make like a, a whole event out of it. Um, that is actually not it's in the same general area. Speaking of Earth, but it's like three hours north of the Outer Banks. Uh, the Outer Banks just happens to have wild horses, which you should not feed or oh. get close to. It's okay. A, it's a very big rule. They have signs everywhere. Do not feed the do horses. Do not do it. Um, while I was down there, I did get to drive my Jeep on the beach, and I was hoping that I was going to see one of these wild horses. Yeah. But I didn't see any. Okay. So I think I think these are the same place. Assateague Island, the Assateague Islands and Chincoteague, I think, are the same. Confirmed. I think. Okay. Someone will let it us know. It seems like it's Ma- it's in Maryland, though not North Carolina. So the, we are off base. The the takeaway here is that there are 
In my mind, I imagine wild horses to be like in the wide open plains of the Midwest or something. It's so much more fun to think that they live on beaches. They, I mean, they, yeah, they're just like beaching it, you know? Right, yeah. Living that hashtag beach life. Right. Taking in some Jimmy Buffett tunes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Oh, man. Uh, that's a fun idea. Right? Yes. Horses love Jimmy Buffett. Horses love Jimmy Buffett. New for head sure. cannon. New head cannon. There it is. Okay, Jay, corny joke. This okay. was submitted from Redditor, Mr. Potato7900, and I thought it was just so good I had to go with it. Okay. Okay. Why does the Norwegian Navy put barcodes on their ships? Why do they put barcodes on their ships? I, I don't know. Why does the Norwegian Navy put barcodes on their ships? So when they get back to port, they can Scandinavian. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. You get it? I get yeah, it. They can scan the oh, Navian. Oh, man. Yeah, scan because that's what they're called. Who are, how was someone able to make a pun out of Scandinavian? I think they, they must have just heard the phrase Scandinavian. And they're like, oh, okay, what what parameters do I have to set up for that to be the pun? So joke construction 101, start with the punchline, build back from that. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 because this is like one of those things where it's like, like... There, there. You would never come to the question on your own, like why was the Norwegian Navy put barcodes on their ships? Because is it even true? Who cares? Right, not the point. It's a hilarious anecdote. Right. You just, you just want that Scandinavian punchline. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get over it. It's so good. It's so good. Also, now a new segment on oh, the pop that will last segment? as long as I can remember to do it. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a very long time, but we'll see. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. And now a fact about coyotes. Oh. <laughs> Because you love coyotes. Because I love coyotes, and coyotes find me. They find you. They, they seek do. you out. They seek me out. Yes, yeah. indeed. Actually, it was, you know what? I saw a coyote in the middle of the trail a couple weeks ago when yeah. we were mountain biking. The week following, this is all coming together so nicely, we ran into a couple of gentlemen on horses. Yeah, we True did. True fact. Well, True, there's, if, on you're our trails. Out, if you're out on the mountain bike trails where we've been mountain biking here recently, you're almost guaranteed to see people on horses. Yeah, it's a big thing. Yeah, big, people, big horseback trail right, as well. Right, And so we were all talking about uh, about the various kinds of wildlife. Mm-hmm. One guy was saying he saw a bear move an entire log with just one paw. Wow. And it was like, wow, man, they're so strong. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I saw a coyote last week. And he was like, a coyote? I've never seen a coyote out here. And I was like, well, I have. I saw it last week. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't know if I haven't seen it. It doesn't exist, boy. Well, it was really funny because because in my, I, I, I basically have seen, and this is the thing about it, I've never really done that much research into coyotes, to be completely Franklin with you. I've always assumed I knew what a coyote looked like, just sort of on the whole. Like, like know, kind of a smaller wolf. Kind of like a small wolf. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, all of a sudden this guy's like, no, you didn't like, I don't know. I've never seen a coyote out here. There's no way you've seen a coyote. And so it was like, well, I think I did. So I looked up coyotes. I 100% saw one. Yeah. You were like, so you were doubting yourself. You I saw was, some other kind of wild dog. This is the level <laughs> of confidence that I carry with me at all times is I can have seen something with my own two eyes. Someone who wasn't there can tell me that it's unlikely and it will make me doubt whether or not it actually happened. Mm, this is why like, uh, the eyewitness accounts as testimony in court, just so, so unreliable. It seems like it seems would be. very bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think if I talked to someone long enough and they showed me enough examples of like wild dogs yeah. or talked about just my own propensity to manifest coyotes in un- obscure locations, right. it would be like, maybe this is just something that's happening to me. Right. My friend of the coyotes. Anyway, fun fact about coyotes. Did you know they can run nearly 40 miles per hour? I did not know that. I found this to be... 
very, very fast. That is really fast. It's certainly faster than I could go on a mountain bike in the middle of a trail. Oh, yeah. We would stand no chance whatsoever. However, however, I don't think coyotes are the... uh, the hunting type as much as they are the scavenging type, I believe, is right. their, sort of their MO. So the real key also, here... Also, we look like a giant metal creature that'd be way bigger than them, so I don't think they'd want to pick a fight with us. Good point, good yeah. point. I'm not feeling any danger, and I'm one with the coyotes anyway. Yeah, so, so I mean, what are they going to do? Come, like, give you a kiss? Probably. Maybe. Yeah, that'd be scary A by the way. It, well, it Sorry would to use be... harsh letters, but... I know, I was going to say, man, this, this is a family-friendly fam- yeah. pop. Ethan, if you want to bleep those letters, I understand. <laughs> Oh, man. We should talk to Ethan, the editor, more in real time. Oh, yeah, like during the pop? During the pop, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so that everybody knows, like, exactly how the sausage is made. Yeah. Which, I actually, interestingly, I had someone, I I wish I had the email in front of me right now, but they are a uh, student at culinary school, and they were like, just so you know, I made sausage recently, and it's not as disgusting as you think it is. And they gave me the entire process of how to make sausage. Wow. And I was like, hmm, that was useful. I think... Probably, if done properly, it's not very disgusting, but I think there is a historical notion that people would just sort of fill the sausages with just, you know, the leftover table scraps and then serve it up. And that's sort of the disgust. That's why the phrase means what it does. Great. Yeah. Great. Thank you for reminding me that of now, yeah. that now. Because now whenever I eat sausages, which is basically constantly, yeah. you know, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be thinking about what Jay said. <laughs> Well, for reference, whenever I imagine the phrase how the sausage is made, it makes me think of the song from Les Mis, uh, Keeper of the Keeper of the Inn, I think. Master of the Inn. That's it. Master of the House. I got there. Wow. Ooh. Look at you go. Master of the House. Yeah, because he fills out the sausages with pieces of this and that. And that's what it always makes me think of. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that's what you took away from Les Mis. Mostly. French <laughs> Revolution, Eddie Redmayne, whatever. Mostly Sasha Baron Cohen and Helena Bottom Carter make disgusting sausages. And now and you know then about charge. It. Yeah. And then yeah, upcharge them to the guests. Oh, terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're not nice people, no. Oh. Yeah. Very bad characters in the in I'm, the show. I'm not a big fan of people who aren't nice people. <sighs> Me neither. Me neither. It's like I feel like okay, so we have we talked about this on the pop? I don't know if we have. The the show that you have turned me on to watching that I have loved. Yeah. Like loved more than I can feel like I can properly express is this show called Ted Lasso. <laughs> Dude, Ted Lasso, it just finished its season one last Friday. Last Friday I watched as it. As we're recording it. I watched it too. Man, it was it's uh, yes, a, a overwhelmingly positive experience. It is. Yeah. It's like it's like the the entire show. And this is where I almost my criticism of the of the show Ted Lasso is that the the preview for it instills people from Apple. If you're listening, take note here because the previews for the show are terrible in terms of setting you up for what the show is about. Right. It's almost like what they attempted to do was they like they put like a, a fishing lure on that was the, that they thought would catch your attention. Right. But then like when you went to bite the fishing lure, it was actually like a piece of candy for the fish. Yeah. You know, like, like oh, this was good for you actually. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I, it, it's gonna seem like I'm trying to catch you, but in reality, I'm gonna give you something even more awesome. But you won't want the awesome thing. You'll want the fishing lure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, is the analogy working? It it totally is, and I think what they did because the star is Jason Sudeikis, who is an ex SNL cast member. Yes. And most of his movies are predictable uh, in in terms of him being a total goofball and kind of going a little over the line in terms of like uh like crudeness or raunchiness or 
like a little, just a little further than what you'd expect, which is pretty typical of a lot of like SNL uh, movies. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And so they they have a bunch of like. They've edited together moments that make it look like the show is going to be pretty much like that. Like, like, oh, you know who this actor is, and you know the kind of comedy he has. Here are the the briefest snippets of the closest we get to that kind of comedy in the show. Want to watch it? And then you watch it, and it's nothing like that. Nothing like it at all. Yeah. Like, it would even lull you. So the in case you don't know, the show Ted Lasso, as presented to you by the preview, is basically the story of a an American football coach of like a division two college, college team right so like not uh like if, if you are even faintly aware of of college football you might know that like alabama is like a dynasty team that always wins they are in like the upper echelon like the top league this would be a coach of the league below that league right and it's who alabama beats up on in week one in week one the yeah cupcake to, schools ex- as it were as it were although it sounds like he had won a trophy in, in that school yeah, yeah but anyway so he's hired by a premier league football to club club yeah yeah to to americans soccer yeah um and the idea is that you basically have an american football coach coaching Premier League soccer. Yeah, and, and he knows like, nothing about it. Right. So like on the on the surface, your your entire interpretation of what this show is going to be about is like the hilarious way in which this guy has no idea about how Premier League soccer works, which is true. But the show is not about soccer. Not not really, no. It's it's like it's almost like the the uh the platform that they gave you. It's like right. here here is the environment in which the actual story What would you say the show is about then? Positivity. Positivity. Like would, the power of positivity. I, I think the power of positivity, but it's not like the power of positive thinking in like a like self-help type of book. It's just like genuine goodness. It's just like the ex- like putting positivity in the world and seeing how it affects the world around you. Exactly. Kind of. Exactly. But then I think that the show also, to its credit, does a very good job of showing that this is not a like it's it's maybe a kind of positivity that would go beyond what you might actually expect out of a out of a human being. Sure. Like slightly unrealistic. But I also do think that they give him plenty of human moments where you see him sad or frustrated or angry. Right. Like he's not this like one note person who the only thing he possesses is jolliness. Right. Right. So it's it. I don't know. I think it it gives you like a a much more full picture of a person who maybe if they embodied it just like a little bit more aggressively embodied positivity a bit more aggressively. Right. But it makes me I, I have no idea. Like, I feel like what what there's a term for it. Uh, like, you know how they talk about a building can be toppled by like a jackhammer if it matches the like the resonant frequency, I think is what it is. Sure. Of of the whole building. So the idea is that like if if you have this big, tall structure, you can effectively turn it into a tuning fork if you can find its resonant frequency. OK. Which would make like the whole building vibrate because you, you have like matched whatever that yeah. quality is. This feels like a old wives tale or something. It may be a bit. Yeah. Like I, I'm sure that uh, structural engineers are like, that's not actually yeah. a thing. Yeah. We <laughs> use cross members and triangles to avoid that. Right. In 3D <laughs> printed stainless steel materials. Mm. That's that's the future I'm imagining. That's the future. 3D yeah. printed stainless steel. 3D printed stainless steel. It's got to be a thing. Right. Just um, put the robot down. Come back a month later. Skyscraper. Skyscraper. Yep. Anyway, I think that this show is like the is like it, it matched my resonant frequency perfectly. Yeah. Like this show hit me in such a way that like it made me so happy I could not sleep. Wow. Yeah. It was like I loved it. 
I'm, so, so, I'm I, so glad you're enjoying it. I know, and you recommended it to me. So, not and, sponsored, uh, by the way. <laughs> not sponsored at all. No, just just very much enjoyed it. So it's become this like mission in my life to like tell everybody about it. But so on this past weekend trip down to the Outer Banks, I was talking to uh, Mike, who is I guess member of the GMA, future brother-in-law, and I, I had suggested heavily to him to watch it, yeah. and he was like, "Yeah, we watched it," or like the first episode or something. And I was like, "Yeah, what'd you think?" And he's like, "I, I it wasn't what I was expecting." And I was like. Oh no, you didn't like it. Oh man. Oh no. Did he not like it? Well, I think that maybe it just it just didn't strike the same chord. He's just not in this yeah, it wasn't it didn't match his resonant frequency. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is the fun I think that's so interesting about it. So it's almost what excites me about the show even further is that like this is almost something that I can like no matter what. Like right. I, I can know in my bones that like I I felt it so like truly mm-hmm. that it's like people could be like, dude, it's a terrible show. Like it is so poorly written. Like it it, it would not matter. It would to not me. matter. Like it's because in your book, it's a 10 out of 10. It's a 10 out of 10 because regardless of what it is, it like it meant something to me. Right. And I felt like that was such a powerful feeling. Oh, I'm so glad you enjoyed the show. Yeah. I can't wait for season two. It's been renewed, so it's coming back. Thank goodness. There's more Ted Lasso on the way. See, that means it was, at least I wasn't completely wrong. Yeah. It was good enough that we got season two. Someone wanted season two. There you go. There you go. (laughs) That's amazing. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So what, what do you got up next for us? Well, okay. So I had this somewhat, what felt like embarrassing realization about myself yesterday morning when I started to try to put a bunch of pieces together and it has to do with we've talked before on the pop about how neither of us have ever felt like music or a band or like a genre has really like defined like who we were or became like part of your identity or something right it it is something I think you and I have both always struggled with where it's never I, I don't think either of us like if just by just by knowing us just by like basic proximity or whatever you'd be like oh yeah like they love blank yeah x you know? music exactly or whatever. yeah and not, not yeah. even a genre i can't even claim yeah. that i would say maybe there was a period in high school where we were really into country music uh as it was sort of emerging in it's like n- the early stages of what is probably more considered like pop country i would now. say pop country is basically yeah. when we hopped on board yeah it seemed like uh maybe around i think i was in ninth grade when that happened yeah yeah, yeah so that was it was around when i got a car and i was all of a sudden like I needed like I had access I had long periods of time with access to a radio by myself and I was like I gotta figure out what I'm gonna listen to in here right you know so that was sort of and it was like yeah okay yeah I found the country music station and that was good so that that that, I did enjoy that where I like I felt like I was really getting into like a genre of music in a way that I never had before at the age of you know 16 right seems later than most people however let me give you the setup here um just that that's that's the foundation for this that like never really been like super into music in in a way that yeah like where I would identify it as part of my identity yeah, or whatever. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So this yesterday morning, I'm watching uh, Good Mythical Morning. Okay. With Rhett and Link. Yep. Great show. Love Heard those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's on, I think they're a little after show called Good Mythical More. And they're talking about this music video that Mick Jagger did with David Bowie or something. Okay. And I was like laughing, uh, joking with my wife, Beth, that... Like, man, honestly, you could show me a picture like I was doing like 
honestly, those two names for a long time have pretty much been interchangeable in my mind. Like I, I couldn't tell you who was the lead singer of what, what music they sang. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to look it up. Cause I, I feel like I know what David Bowie looks like, but I don't think if you showed me a picture of Mick Jagger, I couldn't even identify him. Okay. You know? So I was like, I mean, let me look him up. And so I type in Mick Jagger and to my like utter embarrassment, the Google comes back and says, did you mean Mick, M-I-C-K, space, Jagger? Because what I had typed in was M-C-J-A-G-G-E-R, Mick Jagger. No way, like, <laughs> and, like, like McDonald's. Like, yeah, like McDonald's or something. Mick ja- and I was oh my like, gosh. I was like, oh my gosh. I never realized Mick Jagger was, like, Mick was his first name. <laughs> Beth just started cracking up. Like, this... Like, like, how could you not know that? And I was like, yeah, how could I not know that? Like this, because he's such a famous person in the world of rock and roll. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And it, it, you know, I started thinking back, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen his name written down. Like ever. Like, it, Or do I, you think you possibly have, but like didn't even connect the dots that what it was saying was like Mick Jagger because you saw like two words on a page and it was just something you didn't know and therefore that, like it didn't register in any way. That I, yeah, that, that I've seen it like that or that I assumed the person writing it was wrong okay. or something, but it never occurred to me that his first name was Mick, you know? This this was mind blowing to me in the moment, and I actually tweeted about it. And I was like, "Hmm, I, today I learned, you know, <laughs> that it's Mick Jagger, not Mick Jagger." And people were like, "What did you think his first name was?" And I was, my response to that was, "I didn't even think, I didn't think this was his last name either. This was just his. It's like a stage name, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, in my yeah, mind. Right. I was like, I didn't think it was like Steve Mick Jagger or something, or you know, I didn't think he had, I didn't think this was his last name or his first name, or if it was his last name, that's just solely what he." went by sure you know like his first name's irrelevant because he's such a rock star and so yeah i was like that, that what, what an irrelevant question you're missing the point altogether but i started thinking about it and like at, at this point in my life i know a lot i can assign a lot more lead singers to their bands and stuff but for most of my life i remember there has been this like cloud in my head of just 80s rock band names, people, maybe not even 80s, maybe not even 80s rock, just like famous music names that have floated around in my head is very interchangeable because like all of their music is so classic that of course you know all the songs in the present, right. but we weren't even alive when they were coming out. So like their music is to the test of time, but I don't know who these people are because I've never been really into music and it wasn't like even music that I should have been aware of, you know, as it was coming out in my youth, which, which always does, I think like, so for example, like to, to take a step back on that, like, I feel like we could probably mark the difference between like a Backstreet Boys song and an NSYNC song, despite the fact that they're both like boy bands from the nineties that like to someone who doesn't listen to either of them would probably argue that they sound exactly the same. Right. Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, totally different in my mind. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 But I would be, well, it would be possible in my mind for Luke, your son growing up in, in, you know, in it through his generation of of folk to not know the difference between those two people. Yeah. Like these are, these were like, like back in the nineties, these were both like pop stars, I guess. Yeah. Like it, it would not, surprise me if they were entangled yeah so maybe i mean maybe to your credit there's there's a reasonable amount of like you didn't grow up with them they were not like as prominent necessarily with the music that we listened to as we were coming up but that being said we mostly listened to the radio right so so i i thought that as well like is this just a generational thing and 
It, you're right. Possibly it is. But also the problem is that all their music has already stood the test of time. So, and it, you know, it seems to me that 20 years from now, they're still going to be playing all these 80s rock songs at football games and, you know, sports events. Like you're still going to know all these songs. And maybe, maybe 20 years in the future, yeah, they'll still play like NSYNC and Baxter Boys and, you know, th- those kind of things that we were, uh, that was on the radio when we were there. But we don't know that yet. Right. We don't know if it stood the test of time yet. But these people will be classic forever because they were just there when this stuff was coming out. They were the ones making it. Right. But so, man, like, I'll just roll, I'll roll down some of these. And I will, I'm curious to know if other people had similar mix-ups or whatever. But so, for example, I already said Mick Jagger and David Bowie. But, like, you could have thrown Steven Tyler, Freddie Mercury, all these names. These are, like, names you hear all may as well have been the same person. You know, in my mind, I'm like, I don't know who sings what, who's the lead singer of what. I Rolling Stones, Aerosmith. Like, I know, like, I could probably could have identified Queen songs. I couldn't have told you Freddie Mercury was associated with Queen. Right, right, you right. Know? No, I know. I, I Yeah, I have I have the similar, a, a similar, like, issue with this where, like, yeah. Bon Jovi and Sonny Bono. Those, oh. are, those are different people, right? Okay, Ben, I have, I'm glad you brought up Bon Jovi because you've got, first of all, I didn't even list Sonny Bono in here though, but you've got Bono, Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi, and John Bonham as well. Who is the lead singer of? John Bonham is the lead singer of Led Zeppelin, who I will also say Led Zeppelin growing up, couldn't have told you if that was the name of the band or the name of the person. (laughs) Okay. Old Led over there. Bon Jovi and John Bon Jovi, same person. One is the lead singer of the band. Okay. Bono, lead singer of U2. Don't know who Sonny Bono is. Is Sonny Bono not Bono? Like the Bono? No, the Bono is like that's not his name. That's that is his stage name. Hold on, I'm looking. Here, okay, up. go for it. Go for it. Sonny Bono. Look it up. But he, like they're all such similar sounding names that growing up to me it was like oh people say Bon Jovi that must be sh- short for John Bonham or something like because they sound so same because they, they sound so similar they both have that J and B and not only that but like Bon Jovi doesn't sound like a name at all you right, know it right. sounds like like those are not words that mean and I guess because his first name is John but there's that as well but then yeah it, it, it just sounds like they were all all the same. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, this was this is something that I struggled with forever. And like, I think even coming up through the years, I always had like a certain cynicism towards like those people in my grade in high school who were like such mega fans of like classic 80s rock. Yeah. Where they were like, now that's like, this is real music. Mm, you know, yeah, and, you're going to hear that forever. You're going to hear it forever. Yeah. But like it always meant like the thing I always wondered about was like you didn't like in my mind. I'm like, you know, we at best you were born in the in the last few months that of the 80s, which is the case for me. I was born yeah. in October of 1989. So technically lived in the 80s but i was an infant but not really but not really exactly like i grew up with 90s music like that's that was like what was prominent when i was a kid and so like whenever these people were like this is real music i'm like literally even in high school i'm like because you're because people you look up to have told you that that is the case right like this is not you coming to your own conclusions or whatever it's like you didn't grow up with that music it's just it's like the music that that came before you it is like not what is popular by today's standards and therefore it has this like mark of difference that is like glowy enough yeah for you to like latch onto it and like embrace it and everything and so even then in high school i was like i guarantee that at some point in time again we could talk about luke's generation of people where you might have them looking back on 
90s music or early 2000s music and be yeah. like, this is this is real pop. Like you think you're listening to good pop? This was real pop. <laughs> right. You know, like because that's what the 90s had was I, I think, you know, was, sure. was good pop music. Right. Uh that has consistently been iconic, that has stood the test of time where so far. Know, yep. Yeah. So no, it's uh it's it is fascinating. It's yeah. it, it, it's such the way a way people it's such treat music. Yeah. Right. And then, um, actually, we were we were playing a game over the weekend. This was like a random on the road thing where we were talking about like people, uh, like the net worth of famous people. And so we we kept like selecting a category where it would be like musicians, and it would be like, okay, so you have to think of a musician who you think has the highest net worth. Oh, interesting. It was really, it was yeah, it was very fascinating. Oh. And so like, you know, we're going through and like, you know, I think we did actors first and I was like, Dwayne Johnson, you know, he's like in everything. Right. And so, you know, like comparing like Dwayne Johnson, who's like super prominent and exploding right now. to like Brad Pitt, who's like a household name. Like, yeah, forever, forever. Yeah. yeah. Like people just know who he is. And like, I think when we got to musicians, uh, Mike's contribution to it was the band U2. Yeah. Or Bono. Bono. Right. Right. Yeah. Who is like a billionaire, you right. know, he's like one of the most successful musicians of all time because he is like so famous on like this worldwide scale. Yeah. But like the only thing that I really know about the band U2 is that back in like 2010, they released an entire album for free on iTunes and therefore and forced everyone to download it and <laughs> forced everybody to download it. And so to this day, it's still on my like right. my music on my phone and I still hear this song and it's like. It, like it's actually it's always driven me crazy because I don't have entire albums of anything right other than like this one random YouTube out al- YouTube album that was free. Yeah. So I don't know. So I ended up hearing it way, way too often. So I always have like a frustration with it. But I thought that was interesting that they're like that, that the band U2 is like just one of the most like oh, wealthy and successful bands it, of all time. It's so funny you bring yeah YouTube. My uh my old when I had my old job at a concert venue, by the way. What so predictably like one of my bosses, huge YouTube fan. And this was this must have made me seem like so inferior. I was like, who? Like I'm re- like they were like, you know, like Bono. I was like, what? You know, like this is in 2000 what, 10? Right. <laughs> and like working at a concert venue, and I'm like, I don't even couldn't tell you one of their songs right you right. know it was like, which must have seemed really stupid but which it, i mean sure it is it, i mean I'll, it is probably the type of thing where somehow you have missed out and we've talked about it before on yeah. the pop but like this idea of general knowledge yeah but this is exactly what i mean like when i tell people like oh i'm not really like i'm not into music or like it's hard to communicate how like like people i think they think you're like okay you just don't like listen to a lot of music but like no one's not you know certainly you know like no you, you really don't understand like and and you know and the people listening like if you watch super carlin brothers my brain will retain information about like details like this like crazy oh absolutely and that th- yeah to your credit like this is it's interesting because that's it's such a good point you bring up even like i mean you i feel like very frequently we could we could talk about like an obscure show from nickelodeon from when we were like seven years old and you would remember like the next door's neighbor next door neighbor's name or something like Mm -hmm. that and it it was to me it's always just been this like how like how like how do you remember (laughs) right that uh and so i think that yeah to your credit it's very clearly just been something that like has never been so impressionable right like or impressed upon us that that this is something we would have retained because i think of anybody you would have you had had it been put before you so um yeah 
That there you go, people. That is my. <laughs> so maybe that's what you tell people though. Like when people when people look at you and they're like, "How do you store all this information?" You can you should just start responding because I don't know anything about music. Right, like at all. Like, everything. Yeah. <laughs> you you want to know how I can tell you who Mr. Dink is because I don't know who Bon Jovi is. Hey, Mr. Dink. Mr. Dink. Yeah. Where to go? Where to go? Thanks. That's Doug Funny's neighbor. Yes. And I believe the origin of the phrase uh, dinks as dual income, uh, no... Dual income, no kids. Dual, dual income, no kids. If oh. you hear that phrase, because the dinks were Doug Funny's next door neighbors. They had no kids and they were extremely, uh, or it seemed like they were pretty wealthy because in every episode, Mr. Dink would have a new, very expensive uh, yeah, invention. Yeah. Hello there, Douglas. Yeah. Very expensive. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's where the phrase the dual income, no kids comes from. That is is so funny. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. Oh, what a good origin story. If not, it's a very fitting yeah. coincidence. Or else they named the Dinks after that this idea existing phrase. Going that far. I like to believe Doug had something to do with it. Same-sies. That's more fun. That's more Same-sies. fun. I love that idea. Yeah. I love that idea. Well, that's, yeah, I don't know. Super, super interesting um, is is delving into. I don't know. It's a, it, To me, it is kind of fun to find these categories of something that you know just absolutely nothing about. Oh, I know. This is like one of the fun things about discovering new realms of the internet. You're like, oh, I didn't even know this existed. The, the thing to me that feels so embarrassing about music is that music is not a small thing. No. It is a giant, massive thing. It is. Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting, you know? To me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like, it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase.
Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And oh, okay. So let's let's talk about yeah. this for a second because this is something that like talking about those people in high school who would talk about like real musicians. Ugh. You know, like a lot of times I felt like they would they would talk about like oh my god, best guitarist of all time. Oh, I- <laughs> you know, and like you would be like, have you ever heard their live 1987 album where like so and so goes on a 27 minute solo and it's like. You know, and it's like, and I'm like, well done. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That was my guitar was here. I soloed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But like, it's this thing where in my mind, I'm like, but there's no lyrics during that part. Like they're not singing. Oh, like, you you know, and I'm like, like, can you be, are you, are you like cap cap captivated by just this like weird collection of guitar strums? Right. Like they just understand music. So it's, they like appreciate music in a way you can't even understand. Right. 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 It's like, they like, they like feel it, you know, like, and it's like, it's like it radiates through them. Just like maybe it's like their resonant frequency. Maybe it just like, it hits them and it makes them like have like a, like emotions and stuff. Maybe. Um, but that's, so that's the funny thing about me too, though, is that I tend to like, like the lyrics of song or not even like the lyrics, but I like the singing portion of songs. This right. Is like the fact that I'm calling it the singing portion. Yeah. I'm sure people at home are like scratching their eyeballs out. Like <laughs> no terms better, Ben. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know them. Oh um, my gosh. But the other thing is I've never known the words to songs ever. Like there are, are very few songs that I have ever known the words to the whole thing. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, but that means that very frequently I was listening to music in my childhood that had like, like messages that were like the whole purpose of the song is oh, talking right. about something. And it was like, I, I never even knew what it was. Right. So like, These are just the words that are accompanying the music that I'm enjoying in my brain. Right. Like it sounds 
catchy yeah. to me. Like, and that's that's what it that's what it comes down to. And it's like if I were to actually take the time to figure out what the song is about, it could be the case that I was like belting it to a song that was like promoting an idea that I profoundly disagreed with or right. something. Like it's like I have no idea what I'm even saying. Like yeah. I'm just singing to the song that sounds cool. Oh, whenever I see like in a documentary or something about a band of the past where they're talking about how this band believed in all these things and people would listen to their music and it would get everyone riled up and I'd be like, what? I've never listened to music for the messaging. Like people were, (laughs) people were buying albums for the band's messaging about this political topic. This is like, to the point where I'm watching the show, I'm like, I'm not sure I believe you. Maybe the maybe that was the intended messaging, but I can't imagine people were listening to it and getting the messaging and getting riled up. That seems preposterous to me. But then literally look at what we do now, yeah. like for a living, which is basically like, you know, so aggressively digging into the medium that I think resonates with us the best, which is, you know, like movies, television, yeah. and like, uh, you know, especially anything under that category where there's some amount of like continuity or or like we understand like the the underlying motives and intentions right of what a studio was attempting to do with a story right and you know so now i feel like we look into things and we like we can watch the movie Coco from Pixar. And there's like a moment where like Miguel is like strumming the, the ironically it's a music thing, but <laughs> um, you know, he's like strumming the guitar, but like his fingers from an animation standpoint, like are actually playing the song, right? Like he is strumming the correct notes. Yeah. And you know, that's the type of thing that any animator could have just like not done that. And 99.5% of the audience would never know right. that it wasn't correct. But it's kind of like one of those things that's like a detail that you can appreciate where it's like, whoa, like they did that. You know, it's do you have any idea how hard it is to move 10 different like elements of of, of a, a animated rig? Right. In a way that like is is doing something with then an extra layer of intention. Yeah. Uh, it's like that moment from. Star Trek, where he's talking about like time warp spacing or something, is like right. We're trying to like like trying to hit a bullet with another bullet while riding a horse. Yeah, backwards. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like it's impossible. Yeah, can't be done. It's like we'll do it, and they do. Right, but so anyway, Ethan, the editor who edits our podcast for us, he's actually messaged me about whenever we talk about music. He always texts me while he's he's listening and editing the episode to let me know all the things that we are just so unaware. You're gonna get so many texts this time, I'm sure. So many texts. Yeah. Um, but he has talked to me, I think, before about like you have to listen to the whole album because like the whole each song is like a bigger piece of the album's voice. Right. You know, it's like like each one is like building up to something. And um, well, I, this is this is like a product. I don't think it's our fault as much then because so much of the way we consumed media was via the radio and the industry will promote like what like hits it's not like the radio is like okay we're gonna take a we're gonna play taylor swift's entire new album right you know that's true but it actually would be kind of interesting if they did that or if they had you know then like taylor swift on in between each song to sort of like guide you through that'd be interesting I, i would actually totally tune into that there you go also that being said this is like one of those funny things about me but people are like if they were to if they were to force me to answer the question like who's your favorite musician or artist or whatever band i feel like very it's like if i were to really assess it it's like the answer might be taylor swift might be you might be t swift might be t swift yeah it's like i 
not even intentionally. And I've, I've actually never even like purchased one of the albums before, but it's one of these things where very infrequently do I hear a Taylor Swift song that I don't like right. a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's kind of like, well, when it really comes down to it, I mean, she produces the most amount of music that I like the most consistently. So if you were to force me to answer this question, that's probably my there answer. You go. There's your answer. Yeah. You got it. Let me tell you what, cause you were talking about, uh, how you don't know the lyrics. I thought I was, as I was going through my embarrassing lack of knowledge, about all things rock and roll uh, the other day. It, I remembered this feeling as a kid because at, at some point when you're a kid, you'll be talking with your buddies and be like, oh yeah, we're going to have a band when we grow up or whatever, right? Like, I'm sure you had that conversation. Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. Two kazoos and a drum. Oh, great. Great band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember, I think even as a kid, the fame of the lead singer of the band really baffled me because to me, the lead singer was like the least impressive part. Like, oh, as, a, sure. like as a kid, yeah. like, why would anyone, like, who cares? about the, like, the, the easiest part of being in a band like because I was like oh yeah I would definitely want to be the drummer that's definitely the coolest part but like <laughs> as an adult it seems drummer most replaceable it would seem like like the like it didn't occur to me that the lead singer would be also the face or the voice or the the real talent or not that obviously everyone in the band or whatever band is very talented. talented yeah but yeah it, it occurred to me that people playing the instruments as a kid seemed like way the more important impressive thing than the person singing the song like what anyone could get up there and do that like you could you could remember yeah. the words yeah. to a three and a half minute right. song anyone could just remember the words and go up there and do it you know <laughs> right 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 right. No, well, and it's funny too because I think the other thing to to tack onto that yeah. as we continue to pull this strand aggressively, I mean, we're, there's gonna be no sweater left by the time we're done with it. <laughs> um, but uh, we watched a movie growing up that I think is popular. It has Tom Hanks in it. Uh, that thing you do. That thing you do. And the it's it's the movie. It is a movie about a band that I think is like uh, like a like a probably slight product inspired by like the Beatles. I think the band is supposed to like lightly pair or mirror yeah the Beatles. The Beatles, okay, in some way. So, but the the whole thing with that is you know you are following the story kind of from the drummer's perspective. Like I would argue yeah. he is the main character of it. Yeah, guy, guy, yeah, and he. Um, and through that, though, you sort of like watch the lead singer, like start to get some notoriety mm-hmm. and become like sort of famous on his own. And like then, you know, whatever, like that's like he gets like a really big head for being like the head right. of it or whatever. And they replace the, the bass player with Wolfman. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> See, details that only you can remember. Uh, let me tell it's you about music. Yeah. <laughs> but it was in a movie. <laughs> right. Let me tell you, I have never liked the movie that thing you do. What? I know. I know. I I can tell you that for a long time as a kid, my core reason had nothing to do with the movie itself, but this movie came out, I think uh, at least for rental, the same week as the James Bond movie GoldenEye. Okay. Right? You know, which I think was the first Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie. Correct. Right? Yeah, that's accurate. And there was the accompanying super famous uh, N64 game, GoldenEye. That we played. That, that we went along with it a lot. But anyway, we're at the video store, and, you know, as kids, we were like, oh, I'm the James Bond. Oh, so cool. Spy guy. Big hero. Whatever. And new movie, I was like, oh, man, dad, because we'd gotten, like, James Bond movies before. Can yeah. we get this? And he was like, nope. My coworker said we should get this one, and it was that thing you do. And I was, like, so disappointed 
that we didn't get to watch it. It didn't seem like that big of a deal in the moment. But then went home, and the next day I walk into school, and both of my two best friends, who were not, had had rented the movie literally the night before and watched it, and it was just this like devastating, like left outedness of it. And I just blamed no. that thing you do so hard, and it just like scorched it forever in my brain. And then I will say, when I grew up, I have you know I saw Golden Eye eventually. You know, you, great. You got there. Yeah. I, well, I got there and I rewatched that thing. And I was like, you know what? I really had this negative association with that thing you do because of Golden Eye for a very long time. But honestly, whatever. I'll, let me just give this movie another chance. Everyone seems to like it. I'll give it another chance. And I watched it. I still didn't like it. I was You're like, kidding. I was just like, this is. I just nope, nope, not not for me. Super mm-hmm. catchy song. That's the for thing. sure. I, I think even even as a kid, the thing that was mind blowing to me is that. They were able to write a song for a movie. Like, so in my mind, the song that they wrote for the movie, even as a kid, is like a prop. You know, it's like, yeah. like they, they were like, well, we need a catchy song that this band sings that like catches on. Like everybody wants to hear, you know, that song, which yeah. is that thing you do. Yeah. And I was like, how do they do it? Like, there are so many people out there that would love to write a catchy song and be famous and and be on the radio and like all of the things, you know, like have a concert tour yeah. and a record label. And I'm like, and they just wrote one for this movie. There's no problem. Like, how does this happen? And I think that as, as an adult, it has occurred to me that writing a catchy song is different from like writing like a good song. Okay. But like catchy songs are still good. Boy, this sounds like something for someone who's really good at music theory to answer. Yeah, I need to know. Why yeah. are catchy songs not more popular if they're so catchy? Or is it, or was that thing you do just like this weird, like unicorn song? Well, presumably they had, a, you know, a, a, a very experienced composer or songwriter create the song. Okay, now I'm going to take it one step further. I'm going to keep pulling on. Bye bye. R.I.P. Sweater. Okay, so this is the other thing that has baffled me about. So let's go back to the lead singer idea. So American Idol, right? The whole the whole show. You've heard of it. I, I know about American Idol. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood. Yeah. A couple of a couple of the people went on to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. This is what is mind blowing to me about the show American Idol is that there are like mega talented people out there in the world who are capable of singing that like are in some way i don't know lacking the it factor necessary for record labels to like pick them up and go Mm -hmm. like whenever i was watching american idol i was almost like you have the entire country watching right now who cares if you win someone from a record label just watched you right like you will be like do not worry you will be discovered and i think that is true like there are some like people who have participated in these big time shows that did not win that then went on to be famous like clay aiken and jennifer hudson I think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Are are like, yeah, just two good examples of people that like went on to be famous. But in my, it was always to me, like, how could there be like, there's so many people out there that can just straight belt it. Like, you know how it's like one of these things where I can't tell if it's like, this is the measure of how unqualified I am to assess music Mm -hmm. that in my mind, it's like, there are tons of people who can sing. Like what makes any one person stand out versus any other person? Like, right. Like why does, if you can sing a really great song, like, then do it. Yeah, like it, you gotta have all those pieces come together. You gotta I don't have know. The, the industry has to select you. I know. It seems which like is, is I don't but know. You're right. It's so because American Idol, especially when it first came out, was 
the most popular show on TV. Right. You know? And so, sure, after season one, Kelly Clarkson indeed went on to be very famous. But I think immediate, as soon as season two, the winner largely fell into obscurity pretty quickly. Right. Well, and I, I think that they, there was, that was Ruben. That was Ruben. Okay. Yeah. So I think, yeah, Ruben stuttered. Ru- yeah. Uh, okay. So I think that he went on to have some level of like, you know, like niche. Uh, yeah. I think he's still popular in like R&B crowds or something, but he's not Carrie Underwood. No, 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 you no, no. You're right. Yeah. And, and I guess that's like what it comes down to is after enough seasons, there are the people whose names stand out and the people whose names don't. And probably right. if you were to investigate on some level, there are people who are doing fine in their respective area, but they, right. they didn't go on to be like a household name. Yeah. that I guess that's what I mean. It's like, how could the whole nation have voted for you on the most popular show and then you not have turned into an instant you know, like you've got the most, like you have such potential. You have exactly the position anyone could dream of for having to launch their career. And yet, and, and you know, they can sing and they went through this whole competition and America already likes you. Right. So where do they go? What happens? I don't know. Why, yeah. Like what, why doesn't, why aren't they? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. This is, yeah, this is almost like where it's like there, maybe there's just like a limited amount in the, in the, like the mass the psyche of the mass, masses, ability to take in, but only so many household names. I I don't know. I don't know. Because on, on the other hand, I think when we started listening to country music, like in high school, I could have pretty quickly identified whoever the artist was who came on uh, on the radio. Because there was like maybe 10 super well-known people, probably more than that. But I could have told you the difference between like Toby Keith or Trace Adkins or Brad Paisley or Jason Aldean or whoever. Okay. And like easy, no problem. Whereas today there are, so there's like a flood. There's like a saturate, not maybe not saturation, but like a flood of just new country artists. And to me, they all still just sound like the same people. And I'll be like, Oh, is this that person? I'd be like, Oh, nope. It's this new guy I've never heard of. And be like, Oh, Okay. And I can't identify, I can't tell them apart at all anymore. Interesting. But, but there's Interesting. so many new names. It'll be, it's not even like, oh, I've heard of him before. It's just an, a, yet another new one. Okay. But no, maybe, maybe we just landed on something here though, because yeah. you, at the very least, you were able to recognize a period of time where you were able to name a variety of the main artists who were performing and able to like, they like discern amongst them. It's like, oh, this is a Toby Keith song. This is Alan Jackson song. Like, yeah. like you were able to like parse through that. But I would be willing to bet that if we were to pull the, the kernel audience out there about like country music, I bet that they would argue that it all sounds the same. Well, probably, you know, it's like dog ran away. (laughs) One of the classic, uh, country song things. It's always like, Oh yeah. We're partying on a boat. We're yeah. We're, there's a single road. (laughs) My track, my tractor is attractive. Yeah. (laughs) Very specifically Kenny Chesney. (laughs) Oh, bad. Uh, well, yeah, so there we go. We, we, we know little about music. Well, yeah, we've talked about it for 40 minutes, I think. Thereabouts. Look at us go. Look at us. Everyone's just like unsub. unsub these, no, I can't. No, res- all respect lost. All respect lost. Nothing. Actually, speaking of, we can we can transition into something I teed up very early on. Okay. Um, so reviews. Oh, so right. We, we talked about this, I think, in like maybe like the first mm-hmm. 38 seconds, and then we, we you know, paused for 55 minutes. Um, <laughs> well, we talked about coyotes for a minute, too. We did. Good point. Yes. Good point. We had to cover coyotes. Yeah. Very important. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> Very important. Um, okay. So, first off, if you haven't left a review for Popcorn Culture, I mean, do it. <laughs> 
Um, you can you can put plenty of emphasis on how much we talk about how little we understand music. Right. It's like if you like, if you're looking for a podcast about people who understand music less than you do, this is this, your podcast. This is that podcast. Right. Yes. <laughs> if you want people talking about music, but they about how much they don't know about music, you have you have found the one. The, the one, the it. only. Also, Coyote Facts. <laughs> In maybe every episode, starting with episode 44. (laughs) You'll get there. You'll get there. This is, okay, I actually have this problem in life constantly that where it'll be like something where I like want it to be a thing. Mm -hmm. And then it's almost like, I'll I'll feel so excited about it, like the day that I start it. And then it's like, like two weeks later, I'll be like, oh, that was such an old idea. It feels, it feels overwrought. Over, yeah, it's it's gone. I've I've used it too much. I'm I'm over that idea. Whoops. On to the new one. So that's like that's what well, we can call it like the the coyote effect is is whether or not and we'll actually it will the coyote effect pending how many episodes we get a fun coyote fact ben i feel i i i think coyotes have caught fire you think they have i think so so you think yeah i mean i'm just throwing, I'm, I'm just asking you think three coyote moon t-shirt yeah works i mean it it very well could we need it we need there, th- I'm certainly okay with coyote merch. Am I one of the coyotes? Maybe you're all three, or maybe you're none. Or maybe I'm in the moon. Maybe you're the moon. Because coyotes keep finding me like they find the moon. Right. Three <laughs> three coyote Ben. <laughs> three coyote Ben. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so reviews. This has become a strange thing for me where like the for the longest period of time, I would I was pretty much that person who would like leave a review um if I was absolutely just head over heels enamored with a product and it was kind of like oh my gosh this was so good like i want yeah. to tell s- someone anyone right that like i had a positive I've got experience. the sparkle eyes i need to tell people about ted lasso yes yeah yeah five stars five i would stars. give it six stars wow if given the opportunity mm-hmm. but it, it was just not I, I don't know that was that was basically it or if i was prompted like if if uh, I had purchased something from a website and they followed up and the, and it happened to be the case that I was sitting at my computer with nothing else to do. And they were like, how did you like your new sleeping bag? Boy, nothing makes me want to review something less the than the prompted. popped up. Oh, I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to hard right turn real quick. Do it. So, so man, man, okay, this is my least favorite app to prompt me with the review pop up. And it does it all the time is the Bible app I have. Really? Yes. So it'll say like, could you please review this app? Yes. Yes. But the name of the app is like Holy Bible or something. Okay. Right. So real original. Oh, but it's, it's so, I feel like it's extremely manipulative. Okay. In the way that it works because it'll pop up and it'll be like, would you like to rate Holy Bible? And you're like, well, I don't feel like I can safely check the sky. (laughs) Give it anything. Was that thunder? Was that was that thunder? (laughs) Can I? And it's like you are like because it sounds like what they're asking you to do is leave a rating on the Bible, not on the app. So I give it a one every time because I'm like you are trying to manipulate. I don't I don't like this function of the app. The what I don't like about the app is that it's popping up asking for a rating in this manipulative way, and it oh yeah. (laughs) I do I do tend to find that apps that have like overwhelmingly positive reviews it does seem like those are also frequently the apps that's like using our app please leave a rating now yeah and it's almost like yeah, five stars whatever and like then you're like oh that's how it happens that's how it happened um that pop-up is so important so what i've learned though with my reviews is that pictures and 
uh, giving very specific details of like my interaction yeah. are typically like the things that like really actually make for a useful review for other people. Yeah. And this is something that like I love reviews. So like if I'm online shopping, especially you're always running into that issue of like, you can't touch the product. You don't know what it's like. Yeah. So if there are good reviews where it's like, oh man, it's got like, like a good weight about it, you mm -hmm. know, or like it's made with good materials or it feels sturdy or something like those are all the, like the terms that I'm like, oh, this is yes. Add to cart. Thank you. And so I, I've started to realize that. And so I've started to try to like leave more information when yeah. I, I make purchases and it is still the case that I feel like, and we've talked about this before that it's usually good experiences or bad experiences you know so like to, mm -hmm. you very rarely are going to leave like a three-star review because it's right it, it didn't really like leave you with enough positivity or negativity one way or another yeah um so it, i i would say that that still remains true for me um but i had one situation earlier this year where i left a one-star review and I was so absurdly frustrated with the company because yeah. I was getting like this total runaround with it and uh it was I left I was I was like it was like script writing mode. I like sat down and was like, I'm going to very carefully outline in detail a review that, and this is the key here, that is not emotional. Mm. It is fact driven. Right. And so it's like, it's not like, oh, they made me so angry, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like, that's not useful to anybody that because nobody's going to be able to determine whether or not their own personal tolerance for poor customer service or something would match the person who's being emotional. Right. Like, and so what you need is to put yourself into like a very like, uh, like a uh, uh, controlled version of this is what happened. This is my outline. I left a one star review and it's like, it's not because I was like emotional about it, but rather because I'm of all these things. Cause product was bad. Cause product was bad. Right. And I'm going to be, I'm going to outline it all. Yeah. And so I left one of these earlier this year and, uh, it was surprising for me. I would say I have less, I have left less than probably less than five one star reviews in my entire life. I left two yesterday. Holy yeah. mother of mutton. We'll come back to that. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's a whole bunch of one star reviews in one day. Well, it's an interesting story, but I'll let you finish yours. OK, anyway, the company like the VP of the company called me within 30 minutes. Wow. Of posting this review. And I was like, man, that is I don't know. It, it's always been something where I was like, I feel like I did a reasonably good job here because the reaction was what it was. Mm -hmm. It was almost like, and then they met me like with almost like, Hey, we saw your review. We want to work through this. And I have to tell you that they did that. They, they followed up in a way that was like positive, but they still ended up dropping the ball after that. Wow. So ultimately completed my transaction did go through with it in the end, but they, they prompted me several times afterwards where they were like, would you like to update your review based on your final purchase? Oh, and it was uh, like, no, it's like, like they had to tackle this because you did such a good review that other people are going to read it and not buy the product. Precisely. Yeah. And, and it was such a big product. It was such an, like, uh, um, a big expense to incur on this particular thing that like I, the, the thought occurs to me, it's like, if that was well-written enough, like that's, it has impact. Like, yeah. like, yeah, you, you made your, you made your voice heard. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. which I, I'm not, I'm like trying to like drag down the company or anything like that, but you know, there it's like, at the very least, what I my my hope would be that it would uh, allow for some change. It it occurs to me that it doesn't even have to be a big item though, because we once upon a time bought these. I think it was uh, like bamboo cups for Luke. Uh, they were you know cups that were like made out of like recycled bamboo or something. Oh sure sure sure. Yeah, and it was like oh yeah these these are cool. They look nice, but they were terrible. Like. 
they didn't survive through the washing machine, which it said it could. They would they cracked, they broke, and we had them for maybe two weeks, and the entire order was just gone through like normal use, you know. Okay. And you might be like, well, yeah, if you're throwing cups around, it's like, yeah, but for like a two for like a toddler cup, of course they're going to be thrown around, you know. Right. They're like, need, prone needs, to breaking. Yeah, it needs yeah, to be needs durability. For- and and it wasn't even being broken during throwing around stuff. It was like going down in the dishwasher, you know, like top rack, you know, not even. Whew, Huh. You know, we were doing what they said was okay. Wow, could you guys so, go? Yeah. I've so, never followed that guideline once in my entire life. I have no idea what's supposed to go top rack and what's bottom rack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Largely, I'm like, I don't think this matters, and it's faster than hand washing it. So go. Uh, I put the silverware in the little slots. I put the, the silverware in the slots, and I hand wash our uh, nice like butcher block knives. But otherwise, oh, same. Yeah. Actually, that one did that ring true. Although to me. it always makes me nervous. I'm like, these are so sharp. I'm going to cut my hand and then I'm going to be like, why didn't I just put it in there? Uh, but anyway, not the point. But so uh, I think we left a one star review on these cups. OK. And their solution was to send us like, oh, so sorry you had a bad experience. Here's more stuff. And so they sent us replacement cups and some like plates which predictably also broke. Right, right, right. It's like, it's like, you are not fixing the problem. Right. <laughs> like, so you like, just gave me clutter. Right, which I know you hate. I do not like clutter, Ben. So anyway, though, that was that was a much cheaper product than it sounds like whatever you were working on um, dealing with. Yeah. But so, yeah, yesterday I left two one-star reviews. Okay, laid on me. And I don't really leave reviews very often, but I was uh, downtown and we have those lime scooters. Yeah. You know, that you can just like pick up, which at the, uh, that you can just, you know, pick up, scan it, ride it. Super easy. And yeah. last year they arrived in the city and I was so excited. We use them all the time and they're so convenient. You could just, oh, here's one. Boom. Oh, other side. It's amazing. Saved yeah. me a, saved me a seven minute walk. Right. Great. So I uh, find one near where I parked, scan it. Great. And I drive like literally just across the street and, I go to stop. Brakes don't work. No way. Very bad feature to not have working. So I'm like, well, I contemplate. I'm like, do can I stop with my foot? And I'm like, I wasn't even going very fast, and that was kind of hard because they're a little bit heavier. It's like, nope. Okay, I see another one. I'm just gonna ride it over to that one. Switch switch scooters or whatever. Okay. So, but it you know it asked me like, how was your experience? And I was like, well, the brakes didn't work, so really bad. Right. <laughs> you know, I could only drive it like. 10 feet, but I left a one star review and it says, what was the matter? And I said, breaks. And then I got another pop-up and was like, sorry, you had a bad experience. We're refunding your ride. I was like, oh, that's great. Cool. Cause I was going to feel so cheated that, you know, it would have been like a dollar or something, but no, I, yeah. I understand. But yeah, still. Yeah. So anyway, then I get on the next scooter that I just parked next to and I scan it in, starts the ride here. It gives me the little start chime and I push off with a scoot, push the, push the throttle. Nothing. No go. No, no power. Doesn't. No power. Man. So I was like, this is so annoying. So I only got that one. I didn't even, I wasn't even on that one long enough for it to register a ride because I didn't go anywhere. Okay. But I left yet another one star review and it was like, you're not being charged because you didn't go very far. I was like, okay, okay. I'm two for two on not being charged on bad experiences. At least there's that. But then I wasn't near another scooter. Oh no. So I had to, I had to walk it after all. And then on the way back, I, I passed the cluster. Okay. A cluster. And I was like, okay. A bushel right. of I cannot, I cannot whiff three times on scooters so i uh get on it i scan it in and i like i test it out 
it it accelerates, it breaks, but I happen to be on like this sort of like brick uh, part of the road. Yeah. So I don't I don't notice the actual problem until I get back on the main road, which is that the tire has like a dent in it. So the whole ride is like, which at first I thought was because of the bricks, but it was not because of the bricks. It was because of the tires. Oh my god! So I was totally over three and honestly over four because the other only other time this year I've tried to use the lime scooter, it also didn't accelerate. So. I'm just not having luck with them later that, this this year. But at least that uh, last one moved, and I was able to ride it uncomfortably to my destination, where I gave it a two star review because at least it drove. At least it drove. And stopped. Okay. Man, okay, that's so funny because for one, I've always <coughs> had positive experiences with these things, yeah. and I absolutely love them. I think it's a it's a great. Uh, well, other than I, I guess we have a couple friends who like work uh, in like the medical field uh-huh. who have said that they have seen people due to them, which I guess is, I don't know, maybe inevitable. Yeah. Uh, I have absolutely no idea. But otherwise, for me, especially like working in downtown Roanoke, which is a very like walkable city, it's not that big. Yeah. Um, but I still going like five blocks or something can take enough time to where sometimes it's just worth yeah, hopping on and rolling. Seven, ten minutes to walk. Right. So I, I use them a lot. My big thing with the Lime scooters, my my quick anecdote about them is that um one thing I've noticed recently is that every single time I walk up on a cluster is that they're all knocked over. And I'm always, like, they actually have you like park them and then like take a picture when you've done parking it hmm. to like verify that you left it somewhere safe and not like in a tree. And um, so every time I walk up on them and I see them like all knocked over, I'm like, well, this is really odd because like they make you take a picture. So like surely these people are not like parking them and then just like throwing them sideways or just, something. Just sounds like vandalism. Right. So it was always one of these things where I was like, wow, I really would like, lo- I would so love to like see this happening because I really want to go ask someone like, like, do you think, is it like the problem that they're like some type of. I don't know, uh, in the same way like that light pollution is a thing. Like, is this like a like a sidewalk pollution thing to you or something where you feel like it's like cluttering up like downtown or like what's going on? Like, I want to know. I want to get inside your brain. I want to ask like, you about the dog poo. Yes. Yes. I want to ask you a good throwback uh, to my interaction for the time I was barked at. Ha. ha. You get it? Nailed it. Uh, for, for, for cleaning dog poo. You know, that's the thing. I was cleaning it. Yeah. And I was I still got in trouble. Anyway. But so the other day I was actually driving down the street. And I was passing a cluster in my car and I saw uh, like a like a group of kids. I don't know. I, maybe more like high school aged people um, kick over a whole row of them. Mm. And I was like, I was like, I just witnessed it happening. That was it. And I was like the moment. And literally, I mean, I was like, I was so compelled to turn my car around and wow. go back. And not not like my goal wasn't to like go yell at him or anything. Like I don't have a stake in lime scooters or anything like that. And it's not that big of a deal to pick it up. Um, my my genuine curiosity is why do it? Like, and so like my, I, I really wanted to get back there and be like, hey, like no, like, no problem. You can leave him on the ground. But like, why did you do that? Like, what, like, I really want to know what you're thinking about. It's because just, It's just rebelliousness. Just rebelliousness. That's, that's just all it. it is. It's like, it's that simple. It's just like, look what I did. I it, It's the act of getting away with something. That's, and it, it, it feels like, oh, uh, it feels, it's, it feels like you have yeah, like circumvented some sort of authority. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you remember in high school when we made GMA paper stickers? <laughs> oh yeah. So we, we like, we made uh, yeah. the, the people have asked I about made this them. before. You did, you did. Yeah. Uh, people have asked about this before. Some people have actually said, what does the GMA stand for? Which I, I realized that maybe we talk about it so often that people don't know it's Green Mallard Association. It's the Green Mallard Association. It is exactly. Yeah. Um, green Mallard is a duck. Well, I think, I think just a mallard is a duck and it has a green head. Okay. Yeah. I don't think you have to specify the greenness of it, but, but we did. But we did. Yeah. So anyway, Green Mallard Association. What am I, wood duck? Oh yeah. We used to have, we 
we Chief, saw this Chief Jake, Head Merganser. We had Chief Merganser, head. Wood Duck, uh, Head. I think it was Head Drake. Head Drake. Yeah. Head Drake and yeah. uh, the Great Mallard. And the Great Mallard, which is yeah, you. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> very very uh, self appointed. Yeah, self appointed. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? There you go. Actually, we should put that on your person card. <laughs> <laughs> The Great Mallard. That'd be such a throwback. Such a uh, 2006 throwback. Uh, anyway, paper stickers. Paper stickers. So we thought it was very funny in uh, in high school, and I think we've told the story before, but to go through and take these paper stickers of a drawing of a of a green mallard that you had done. Yeah, I went into Microsoft Paint and basically worked up, worked up a, a really bad logo, which was just like a duck's head in a circle, and it said... Bad logo. It was a piece well, of artwork. A piece of, like I said, it was an absolute piece of artwork that I drew in Microsoft Paint. I don't even know if it said the words Green Mallet Association. I think it did. I think it did. Yeah. I think it did. I'm going to go with it did. I think it did. But it, yeah, it was just basically a circle with the duck's head in it and it said Green Mallet Association. Perfect. And uh, so, I, yeah, I printed out like, you know, six, 16 to a sheet of paper and then just cut them up and we put scotch tape on the back. And we just put them places. And then, yeah, so. <laughs> We probably we had like hundreds of these things. I had like a little Ziploc bag in my uh, backpack. But yeah, so yeah, what we did was then after school, when we were all still at the empty school now for cross country practice or track practice or whatever we were doing, was we would just put the stickers like all over the place, just slip random ones in people's lockers at complete random. You at know, complete they random. had yeah, no yeah. idea. You just, you know, they just there'd just be a sticker somewhere. Told nobody what it meant. Nobody knew who it was do who was doing it, what it was for, what it stood for, what the point was. It was just pure, complete, innocent chaos. I'm sure there's a D and D phrase for this exact. Oh, there's got to be. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. But it was. It was, I mean, I, we had no idea what the effects would be of this. It was just like a funny thing to do. Like, haha, we'll just put these duck stickers up and see what happens. Man, people had no idea what was going on. Like, all of a sudden, there was just this, because it says association, which makes it like some group or something. Right. Yeah. Which, there <laughs> which, were four of us. There were four of us. But man, I saw someone like, they had like they'd like put the sticker on their arm. They were just like wearing. It. I was like, hm, you you don't even know. You don't you, even know. And I would like talk to them and like, yeah, it's, they're just everywhere. I don't know what it is. And I was like, it's me. It's me. It's me. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. You don't know. Like you're sitting there, like yes. Uh, it was so funny. And it, but I will say, it did fill you with this like sense of uh, like some sort of like power. Like you knew. You knew. Yeah, Every, you can see everyone was confused, but you knew, and like the, being the cause of it was this like very unusual feeling. It was, it was. I, yeah. I'm sure psychologically, there's got to be something going on. But so no, my my curiosity now though is that like it was this game that went on forever, and it was like a little like you know sense of pride, especially for the ones that we like placed in such unusual or hard to reach spaces yeah. that they like l- like they just lasted. Oh yeah, you come back like after summer, still there, still there. The one on the on the fire, the it, it wasn't a fire. Um, what is the what is the term for the thing you pull? Yeah, yeah like a fire alarm. Fire alarm. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, it wasn't a fire alarm. I think it was like a little box that like yeah. uh, a light would come on or something. But we had one like I think it was on top of it even, but it was there forever. There was one in the cafeteria. There was this like big shield over the uh, over the entrance to the cafeteria that like you know just said Cave Spring Nights or whatever. Right and. I think Mike had jumped up and slammed one right in the center of the shield in this very unreachable spot. Yes. And that one was there for a very long time. 
<laughs> Love it. Uh, uh, so fun. I mean, but, you know, you just like drop them like confetti. It's just like, oh, they're just in the stairs. They're just there. And yeah, you know, I it was like you just walk past the place and just sort of throw a sticker up. It was. But it was, it was, it was not really like harmful to anything. It wasn't harmful. Like, like the, the mild nuisance of cleaning up, which in any of the places they were would have to be cleaned anyway. Yeah. But so, yeah, I guess it's like, is this is this the rush that these like the 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 lime scooter knocker overs yeah is that the way, what they're feeling is like like the same sense of i think so but they're doing something a little more wrong at least because they're potentially damaging something true you know ours ours at the very least was completely innocent with no maliciousness at all other it, it was it was just the the random chaos of it right right <laughs> like it, it, didn't even, it didn't stand for literally it, anything it did not stand for anything other than that it was happening and people didn't know right i think you know what i think we put some in like random library books that like i bet i bet somewhere in that library there is still a sticker in <gasps> the pages of a book that no one will ever pick up that oh, that makes me really happy it does <laughs> it does a legacy oh man oh yeah. man so that was the that was the great gma sticker i wonder i doubt anyone from the high school will ever <laughs> understand or remember it i know but i know it was well, it, it was very fun it was, it was, very it fun. was yeah so anyway if, if you go to Cape spring high school and you ever discover one of these uh you will have to you have to let us know because yeah. it would i mean it just it was just under construction so i feel like if there was ever a time when they would be gone for good it not, would be now not if it was in a rogue book man those not books are going a... right back on the shelves that'd yep. be great if it survived renovation Ooh. Ooh. Ugh. What fun. Yeah. Luke, Luke, right now, would Luke go to Cape Spring High School? I think he would. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, like, There's hope. There's, there's hope. hope. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Pop. I feel like it was a good one. We uh, talked about a lot of stuff, our lack of understanding of music, some coyote fun facts, yeah. and the true rebellious nature of the GMA uh, uh, in, in chaotic, high school. Chaotic neutral, I think, is where we all landed. Chaotic. Look at us go. Yeah. Look at us go. Guys, we are running a special promotion over on our Patreon right now. If you would like to get your very own J and Ben, Jazzy J, Buzzy B, person card yes we're going to be making metal person cards they will list both of our names on there with a variety of other inside jokes it is like a like a, if you can imagine if you go close your eyes and imagine deeply a business card except it's metal and it's a person card and it's a person card yes. yeah it's got information and stuff on it how cool yeah. <laughs> anyway those are available uh if you sign up for our patreon between now and october 25th which happens to be my birthday um what? at any of the three tiers all of which are five dollars if you are already a patron and you're hearing this then congratulations you're already getting one yeah um uh so if you guys want to check that out you can do so by going to patreon.com slash popcorn culture they have been very popular so thank you to anybody who signed up including these patrons who we need to thank this week, uh, which would be James Stokes, James Stokes, rather, Callum Langford, Diego Espinoza, Lauren, hey Lauren, uh, Max Dowd, Jesse Coleman, Simon Bott, Alice, Tanman1112, Carrie Ann Strine, Abby Abernathy, great name. Ooh. Perfect alliteration. Really good. Well done, parents of Abby. Yes. Uh, Danielle Kramer, Michael Walsh, Ryan Bischoff, Parker Marriott, Edward Horace, and Elizabeth. Oh, also a good name. Yeah. Thank you guys all so much for your support on Patreon. But otherwise, until next week, pop pop.